TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We got two guys at a mic today, and actually, of the two guys, one of them's name is Mike, so maybe it should be one guy and two mics. Actually, one guy and three mics. Who wants to do math this early in the morning? Uh, we'll figure that out as soon as the show goes on. Welcome, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, the coach and Double M, Michael Moreau, in the house today. The big dog is off today. A lot of people who listen to the big dog, Mike, actually say he's off every day. But that's part of the beauty of the big dog. But great to have you in studio, my friend. How was the uh, drive, the transportation? Because I know we are in pre-blizzard breakdown here in the fine city of Chicago. It's not too bad out right now, but, you know, the wind is picking up. So I'm just going to try and get out of here as fast Mm -hmm. as I can after the show's over and Uh get home and stay home. Listen to some of that fine TalkZone.com music real quick. enough of that. All right. Thank you very much. David Olson, our producer, other side of the glass. And uh, we do appreciate all of you joining us here on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Wednesday or Tuesday morning. I'm sorry. Uh, Beautiful, that is, if you like uh, winter storms and blizzards. At least that's what it is out east and about to hit here in the beautiful Midwest. So, Michael, you plan on uh, hunkering down for the next 24 hours? You got your your food supply all good? Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, we haven't been like Many people who have gone out and stocked up, you know, ex- anticipating, you know, to be stuck inside for two days, but mm-hmm. we're we're pretty prepared. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Now you're you're still living uh, with mom and dad at home. Yeah, I'm still at home. All right. So I'm assuming you will take over the shoveling duties. No, I, I won't have to do any shoveling. We live in an apartment, so ah, very <laughs> that's, nice. That's taken care of. Yeah. Well, someone's got to shovel the parking lot outside the apartment. I think that'd be good exercise for you. I think I'll pass on the exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, and I know, uh, David, are you a, pardon the expression, are you a snowblower guy or you go hand shovel? I'll go hand shovel uh, unless it's more than like two or three inches because okay. I've got a, I've got like a 40 or 50 foot driveway. I've got a long driveway. Okay. So uh, I made sure when I bought the house, I mm-hmm. got the snowblower with the house. Okay. You keep that snowblower in good condition. That's the reason I didn't buy one because I know with my upkeep and mechanical abilities that that every time I'd want to use the thing, it would be damaged. It'd be more trouble than it's worth. You, you upkeep it pretty good? Yeah, I get, I get it tuned up every two or three years. Okay. Um, I've got a, a you know free pot, a product plug here. I've got a Toro, mm-hmm. and that thing's like a beast. It'll always start. Mm-hmm. Plus, I've got an electric start on it, too. So ah. when you get the first start of the season, you just okay. run it. All right. So you don't have to crank start. it up in the in the summertime or anything just to keep it, uh, no. Keep it going? No, no, no. You, right. you, may, you make sure you drain it out. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, you don't leave any gas sitting in it. Mm-hmm. And since it's a gas oil mix, you don't have to worry about changing the oil or anything like that. Ladies and gentlemen, helpful home hints here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. Among the many things we do, breakdown sports, and we give you some helpful uh, home hints as well. I, I got like this neighbor, Mike, who was like, first of all, he tried to get me to uh, purchase the snowblower. They wanted to go into a deal. and you know, we, we have a small driveway. And I actually, and I know it's, you know, when you get to be a certain age, it's supposed to be a little dangerous. 
right? You're not supposed to shovel. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty careful about it. I actually enjoy it for the most part. But uh, this guy is like the crazed snowblower. It's like he has to tune it up like once a month. So in the middle of the summer, this guy's out on the, on the lawn with his snowblower just trying to, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's a macho thing or he's trying to impress people, but he is somewhat the crazed snowblower man. I think, I think he might just be one of those people that has to justify using something that, that, you know, that they bought and they have to figure out ways how yeah. to use it. Yeah. So that could be the issue. Yeah. He tried to use it once as a leaf blower. That didn't work too well. That didn't work too well. <laughs> Did not make a whole lot of points with the neighbors, but uh, all right. So there, here we are. We're hunkering down, not just in the Chicago area, in the entire Midwest. That hasn't hit yet, but it is coming. Blizzard conditions tomorrow's show is in jeopardy. We might be doing a replay show. We don't know if we're going to make it in today, but, Michael, we appreciate you coming in. How did you get here? By hand, foot, horse and buggy, train, bus? I know you're a man of multi-transportational needs. Uh, I took the pub- public transportation. Really? Yeah. It's- bus? Yeah, it worked out. It worked out. It worked out really well. It's pretty easy getting here, actually, from my house. Mm-hmm. So, I, I probably would prefer it to driving. Okay, you take the in Chicago. It's very easy. All you do is hop on the orange line, then you go uh, east on the purple line, pick up the green line, circle around quick on the brown line, back on the orange line, pick up a quick purple, and you're here. What in about twenty minutes? Probably like thirty. Thirty. Not, not too long. It doesn't take too long <laughs> to get here. Where's it drop you off? I haven't taken the uh, uh, bus. Here. Right out, right outside at uh, Dempster and Waukegan. Oh, that's not bad. No, that's not bad. All right, so we can put two plugs in already for today's show. We're trying to build up our sponsorship here. If anybody is from the uh, Toro Company out there, we threw a little plug in for you. Feel free to send us any residuals in Chicago. Public transportation, taking care of our guy Michael Moreau. Did you mention you're a, uh, a radio host? Did you get a freebie read? No, I should have. We'll make sure on the way back you get that. <laughs> All expenses paid. All right. We got lots of sports to talk about, my friend. 847-463-6748, not 847-888. Almost gave out my home phone number here. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Double M, Mike Moreau and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock, talking sports and more. Michael, I don't know how much into the Super Bowl you want to get last week. People weren't really into it, but uh, it's starting to creep into our mindset at this point. Your Your level of excitement at this point. Uh, I'm still wavering. I'm, you know, as a kid, I'd be a lot more excited, but now, you know, you're kind of over the Super Bowl hype because it's kind of a rehash of the same things every year. Mm-hmm. You know, the crazy media who ask the odd questions, you know, always find some controversy to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of want, I just kind of want the game to get here, and once that happens, you know, I'll be excited. But right now, yeah, not really much to see or hear. Yep, that's pretty much a way I feel it. I think a lot of people will feel it. You're right. In the early days of the Super Bowl, it was novel. It was kind of unique, but uh, we still look forward to it. But you're right. The week of hype before the game or the two weeks of hype, it, it can almost go ad nauseum. We are, we are, by the way, trying to get the uh, aunt of the assistant special teams coach of the Green Bay Packers on the line with us today. Oh, yeah? Yep. Uh. Not sure we're going to talk to her about, but all the players turned us down. But we do have a shot. And I think her name is Aunt Renee, the uh, aunt of one of the assistant special teams coaches for the Packers. Very exciting. That'd be that'd be interesting. <laughs> Not really, but it's the best we can do. <laughs> uh, all right, you got a team you're rooting for, Pitt, Packer, uh, uh, neutral. I'm definitely rooting for the Steelers. I, I, you know, it's still too tough after that the Bears loss to root 
to even, well to ever even think about rooting for the Packers and mm-hmm. makes it even harder this year after the Packers eliminated the Bears. So I'm not a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger, but that's the team I'd rather see win. So you are somewhat grudgingly, somewhat hesitantly rooting for the Pittsburgh. It sounds like you're rooting more against the Packers than you're rooting more for Pittsburgh. I, I would say that. I would say that's correct. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cruel. That's cruel. I, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't have a tremendous rooting interest, but I think I am rooting for the Green Bay Packers. Um, they're family. They may be at times a hated family member, but they're family. They're part of the Midwest. They're part of the Bear football tradition, the Green Bay Packers, uh, NFC North Division team, NFC representative. Again, not super strong. And I, and I do like this kid, Aaron Rodgers. I've, I've, actually, I remember watching him play for uh, California. Yeah. I, forget, I remember hearing about the guy, and I don't typically watch California football. I forget the circumstances. But I saw him play a game in college, and I said, you know what? This guy's a pro quarterback. You could just tell the way he stood in the pocket and th- flung the football around. He was a pro quarterback. So I'm rooting for the Packers, Mike, because uh, I consider them part of the family. At times, dysfunctional, but they're Midwest. They're part of our blood. Yeah, but they're a family member I don't like, so I'm going to choose to root right. against them. So you're, you're going to root for the... Uh, the outside friend who knocks on the door and comes in for dinner, huh? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're a lot nicer to me than right. that, that that family member. Okay. Forgetting about who you root for, and again, it's early, 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 and you can feel free to change. Don't forget, we'll do our final Beat the Schmoes football predictions on uh, Friday this week. Who are you picking to win? I honestly think the Steelers will win. I was, I would have to say I was surprised when the line came out in Vegas. I was, too. To have the Packers favored by two and a half. When the Steelers have pretty much run through the teams they played. I mean, the Jets kept it close late, but for the most part, the Steelers dominated. And the Steelers' defense has played really well. The running game's been well. Roethlisberger's made the plays when he's had to. And this could come from the Falcons game, because the Packers really didn't play all that well against the Bears in the NFC Championship game. Right. So... I think the Steelers will probably win. I would pick them to win by probably around four. Yeah, I, I was surprised as well. I would have thought after watching both games on Sunday and knowing how the teams did during the year, I thought Pittsburgh would come out maybe a point or two point favorite. Yeah, so I was surprised. I, you know, they always say the lines are designed to get you know action on both sides, but yep. I would be. I would be shocked. At, I would, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see. I can't say shocked, but interested to see, you know, what what the betting action's been like for mm-hmm. for this line. It's pretty much, I think, stayed at two and a half, at least last time I checked. So the Vegas odds makers kind of knowing what they're doing. They set it at two and a half, and I don't think it has uh, moved off that line. It may yet as the betting starts to pick up, but... Uh, they typically, more often than not, Michael, they know what they're doing setting those lines. But I, wa- I was a little bit surprised. And you're right, and I mentioned this right after the game, both, not only the Packers, who didn't play a good second half against the Bears, but the second half that Pittsburgh played against the Jets was not great. And I remember saying it on the Monday after the championship games that it's going to be a great matchup in the Super Bowl, but some of the sexiness, some of the luster, some of the charisma of the game, a little bit of it, is lost by the fact that both teams tailed off in the second half. Both teams, instead of firing up to win with big second halves and pulling out big victories, both teams really stunk it up in the second half and held on to win. 
Yeah, that's exactly true. And I was I was kind of I thought the Bears game at halftime was was just going to get ugly because they I the way they played in the first half it looked as if the game yeah. was going to be a repeat of the Falcons game where they beat the you know they'll score forty yeah. points and beat them by thirty. Well, that that first drive, Bear and Rogers, boom yeah. boom pass. 15 yards, 25 yards, run for eight, run for seven, 15, 25, touchdown. Thank you very much. Thanks for showing up. But yeah, I, you know, you also have to credit the Bears and Jets defenses for, you know, finally coming to life and playing well in the second half and, you know, making, you know, making those teams play, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot worse than they wanted to. So that, that's also something that helped, but, you know, I still think it's I still think it's going to be a good game. You get, it's going to be an offense versus defense battle, and we'll and the key will come down if the key will come down to see if Pittsburgh's defense can stop can stop Aaron Rodgers, who's who's been pretty hot over mm-hmm. the, the last three games. Yeah, second half against the uh, Bears, he was brutal. Yeah, I mean, the, he just all of a sudden he went from you know the hottest quarterback in the NFL, one of the best playoff quarterback performances we've seen in recent years, maybe ever. And in the second half against the Bears, you could say the Bears defense, ah, oh, the Bears, you know, short of their defense. Great adjustments by Rob Marinoi. They finally came to play. That was part of it. If you watch the other part, I don't know if it was concussion or uh, I think it was after he threw the interception, the bad one to Brian Urlacher. Yeah. After that, Aaron Rodgers was playing not to lose. He was a completely different quarterback and he short armed. A lot of his passes. So you could say it was great defense by the Bears. A lot of it, Mike Moreau was Aaron Rodgers was brutal in the second. He completes some of those passes, Packers might win by a bunch. Well, a lot of the talk has been after he took that Peppers hit, Yep. They, well, there was a lot of talk of, you know, if he had suffered his third concussion. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people point and say he he was never the same after that hit. And I would argue he was never the same after throwing the interception to Erlocker. I can't. I don't remember when, when that – at what point those happen in the game? But the Urlacher interception. Oh yeah, which it? which happened first? Yeah, I believe the Urlacher interception first, and then the Peppers hit. By the way, the Peppers hit I thought was clean. You know that's that's a that's a that's a another discussion with you know the quarterbacks and them not being able to get touched. But it, it looked clean to me. Yeah, you're just playing. He fo- didn't lead with his head. No, you're just playing football in the. He went He went for a normal tackle, chest to chest, two hands wrapped. Did the helmets collide? There was some collision between the helmets, but he did not lead no, head first. And for him to get fined $10,000 for yep. playing football, that just seems kind of silly to me. But that's just the way things are in the NFL with quarterbacks. You can't. Mm-hmm can't really touch quarterbacks anymore yeah why well, you know i'm not one of those guys that says you know the uh, nfl is pussyfooting around the rules now ruining the game i do believe you have to do things to protect the players okay uh, i think they got to do it for the wide receivers otherwise all the you know the great player the game is getting too violent uh, so i'm not on that side of it i'm just saying on that particular hit i don't think there's anything wrong with it julius peppers made a great tackle no i thought i thought it was completely fine and when they showed the replay you know, I was I was pretty unhappy with it, but mm-hmm. you know, the Bears still had a chance to win despite despite that that hit. So, ever find uh, David Olson, our media critic here? Do you ever find with the use of replays now that it it's almost too much? The use of replays that it's nice 
that they can make up for obvious mistakes. But I think when you watch so carefully, I'm going to take like catches by the receivers. Okay, a lot of those, I'm sorry, they're catches. Okay, the guy caught the ball. Now, when you break it down on the instant replay, did it touch the ground? Well, maybe you know, forget it. When you watch with the naked eye to the normal football fan in the normal course of the game, that's a catch. I do think sometimes you can almost overanalyze on replays, but that's just me, and I got bad eyes. No, it's true. It's true, and as the camera technology has gotten better and better, the replay has become more and more part of the game. Yeah. Because, like you say, with everything being yeah. digital, I mean, you can go down to that second. It's like, oh, play. it hit the ground before yeah. he caught it. You know? Yeah, it's... I mean, you know, you, we, we all play the game. A drop is a drop, but the guy gets his hands underneath the ball, comes up with the ball. It's a catch. Okay, don't give me the digital little replay. Well, oh, it did touch the grass. Yep, oh, no, no catch. It, and it's the same thing with the Julius Peppers hit. When you watch it in live action, it's a normal hit. It's a clean hit. Now, when you break it down into, you know, each little specific thing, oh, there is the helmet hitting the helmet. It's a case of replay gone too far, Michael. Yeah, but when it comes to the, the you know, deciding whether it's a catch or not, that can be very, that can be very important in determining a game. I mean, the St. Louis, the St. Louis Rams went to a Super Bowl. Because of a catch that wasn't really a catch by Ricky Prohl. And so that's why the rule, you know, that rule is instituted with, you know, the Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, bringing the ball all the way to the Terrible ground. Terrible call. And completing the pass. Yeah. So I'm, o- I'm okay with getting the call right. Cause it's, getting the call right is important and then not, and not changing the game. No, I agree. I- I'm not against instant replay and I agree with you. Getting the call right. I'm just saying there's too many times now when it gets too technical. If it's if it looked like a catch and it's pretty much a catch, don't break it down and tell me the point of the ball might have gotten an assist from the grass. You know what? Watch the replay. Watch it a couple times. Yes, he caught the ball. It's a catch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I, 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 I see where you're coming from. And a lot of it now is not only that they're checking to see if he caught the ball. Mm-hmm. They're also checking to see what yard line it should be on, you know, the time and other various things which are making the replays seem even longer. So we never actually know how long they're actually looking at just the catch or whatever replay it is. So there's a there's a lot of other things that are going into them when they look at the replay. All right, 888-463-6748, our phone number here. You want to check in, talk to uh, young Michael Moreau sitting in for the big dog today or the coach, that's me. Uh, feel free to give us a call talking Super Bowl. We're going to get to some college basketball talk. we got some baseball tidbits to get to the second half of the NHL season. Mike, I know you're thrilled and excited about the second half of hockey. we got to talk a little Chicago Bowl and college basketball as well. But just to... Um, Finish up the Super Bowl thoughts. Again, we don't want to hype it too much. It's still a ways away. But any other uh, observations that a young astute, and I use that term in the loosest sense, uh, professional like yourself has? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see Sorry how this uh, the Steelers in, the, the injury to the Steelers' center will will hurt Roethlisberger in this, you know, getting the snap off in the exchange. Ah, because. You know, everyone is saying this could be a big loss. You know, to the average football fan, it may not look as if it's going to be a big deal, but it's something that, you know, could play a major role in the game. You know, bad Mm -hmm. snap, fumble somewhere close on a big possession could change the whole game. Yep. Those that have played the game are those that know it absolutely the center. Key position. 
starts the offense. Everything triggers from the center snap. And in addition, he's the one that calls the plays. They lose their uh, starter all season long. What's the kid's name? Maurice Pouncey? Pouncey, yeah. I like that name, by the way. Yeah. Second, a second year guy who's stepped yep. up huge. Yep. Second year a rookie. I believe it's, he might. I did believe it's second year. Okay. Yeah. All right. But he was like a second team all pro, and you play with him all season long. That's going to be a big change, no question about it. So that will be a factor. Although he got injured late first half, early second half, so they did play a half of a championship football without him. I think they had one bad snap. That's that's true. Yeah, I don't. Yep. I don't. It didn't affect them too much in that game. Yep. But we'll Roethlisberger did say it was when he went under center. He said it was a different feel. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you know the quarterback and center they have <laughs> they got a they have a a relationship and so they, yep. they get used to getting a certain kind of snap. Yeah, yeah. you put your hand in that uh, crotchal area for 16 consecutive games plus practices every week, you definitely develop a relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and but Maurice Pouncey, by the way, got very jealous when Roethlisberger said it's a completely different feel with the second string center. Maurice said, you know, like how he wanted specific, he was a little upset with that. Was he really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike hasn't figured out my somewhat sick and sordid sense of humor. Uh, all right, so you got right now off the bat, you're picking Pittsburgh, but yes. I want you to call in Friday now. Okay. okay. Mark it down in your social calendar. We need you part of Football Friday, our final Football Friday, and play Beat the Schmoes and make a football pick. I can do that. And I'm not going to hold you to the Steelers. If if, uh, if things sway you in the next couple of days as the wind blows, the blizzard, maybe you're shoveling outside and epiphany hits you, don't feel bad. You want to change your pick and pick the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I, I'm pretty confident with my Steelers pick, but I'll, I'll let you know if things do change. Mm-hmm. All right. Vocal kid, by the way, Rashard Mendenhall, star running back for Pittsburgh. Yeah, U of I. Niles yeah. West? Or Niles, Niles West. Niles West, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. About 10 minutes from here. All right, real quick, uh, before the break, 888-463-6748. Our phone number, Michael Moreau, sitting in for the big dog today. Uh, I know you're a big basketball fan, Mike. Let's talk some uh, college hoop, first of all. Uh, tonight, you're fighting Alina. Are you an Alina fan? No, I used to be. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, he used to be before they lost 4-5. <laughs> no. Yeah. I stopped rooting for them once I went to Missouri. Okay. Oof. Yeah, you go to that border war, Illinois-Missouri? Yeah, you better root for your alumni. That's a fun game. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's one I've always wanted to attend. But uh, Illinois dominated it for a while. Missouri's won the last two. two. Yeah, yeah finally. So Tigers are back on top. They're quietly, by the way, a top-20 team. But uh, Penn State and Illinois tonight. Penn State, one of the better stories in college basketball. How do you see that game unfolded? It, it all depends on which Illinois team wants to show up. Illinois is a team that has played well in a lot of games. But in another, in a lot of games, it they just decide they don't want to play, and I think I think a lot of it is on their senior leadership and McCamey and Davis and Mike Tisdale. They need those guys to step up, and if those guys aren't stepping up and doing the things they're supposed to do, then this team is not. They're not going to go very far. I believe they'll qualify for the tournament, but they they wouldn't make a a deep tourney run without those guys doing what they have to do. Bruce Weber said it at the start of the year. He said it's kind of weird because our senior leaders, by their nature, are kind of quiet. Right. I mean, they are the senior leaders, and they're good guys. I think early in his career, McCamey was a little bit of a a renegade, but I think he's uh, gotten to be a pretty good kid and and works hard now and is on the same page with the coach. Tisdale and Mike Davis the same way all along, but they're, they're just not fiery, bring the group together. 
you know, strap yourself on my back, I'm going to take you home type guy. His freshman, on the other hand, had that mentality. So it's an odd combo, Mike, because the seniors are supposed to lead. It's not in their natural personality. The freshmen do have that leadership, but you can't have freshmen taking over the team for the seniors. So when I say chemistry problems with the Illini, I don't think it has bad attitudes or disagreement. It's just uh, there's a chemical mix, and it hasn't come to shape just yet. Right, and you talk about the freshmen, you know, having that natural, almost leadership ability. Yep. Jeremy Richmond is starting to find his game, and he's a guy that I think should be inserted into the starting lineup. I don't, you know, I don't know who they take out, mm-hmm. but he's one of their best players, and you need your best players on the court. Maybe shake things up, bench McCamey for a game, mm-hmm. you know, bring him off the bench for or a game or something. They need a little, they need a little shakeup. You know, wake up so that they know that things, you know, this is important. They they need to wake up and get things going. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Weber has it in him to do it, but that's an idea to throw out there. A little shake up, a little wake up for the University of Illini. The recipe from Mike Moreau. I think Bruce Weber did offer, at least the quote said, he actually talked to Jeremy Richmond and said, hey, you know, you're ready to get in the starting lineup. And Jeremy Richmond, who uh, you, you got a love-hate relationship with Jeremy Richmond because he does some really weird things and then he does some great things. Actually, for me, it's more dislike than like. But uh, there's some positives with him. But anyhow, he told Bruce Weber, no, not ready to start yet. Let the seniors should be starting. I think I need to be coming in off the bench. So that was, um, at least according to the quotes, Bruce Weber actually offered it to him. And he turned it down saying, not ready just yet. Well, that's interesting because I think sometimes, you know, as a coach, you have to do what you think is best for the team. And if you think he should be in the starting lineup and getting a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. then I think you have to do that. Well, he can get a lot of minutes. Right. Right. Even if you're not in the starting lineup. So he can still play his minutes. The whole starting thing is kind of um, sometimes it's more, a little it's bit more. more just as a, like a title. Yeah. Yeah. There's some prestige to it, no question. Right. And the seniors have worked hard, and when all is said and equal, I think they do deserve to play. But it's the old adage, you want to know who the coach really has the most confidence in. It's not not who starts the game, it's who's in the game the last four minutes of a tight game. That's true, and lately the seniors haven't been the ones who've wanted to be there, so Mm -hmm. someone's got to step up. Uh, Penn State going to give them a good battle tonight. College basketball over the weekend. We mentioned, uh, Michael, the unbelievable amount of upsets. Uh, it was just amazing. I know yesterday Texas knocked off Texas A&M. That's another top 20 team that went down. That's not an upset because uh, Texas was ranked too. But this weekend, it was like uh, the dominoes were falling. Almost uh, probably 16 of the top 25 teams knocked off. It, it was It was some high number, and it just points to... The parody in college basketball, which which makes it for an exciting game. Some people some people might not like it, but I think it's exciting because on any given day you never you never really know who's going to win. And come March, the tournament is going to be wide open, so it's going to be perfect for a team who like Butler last year. You know, many people wouldn't have put them to be in the final game, but a team like Butler, not saying Butler specifically. But a team like them could end up in the title game this year and potentially win it all because I don't think there's one dominant team this year. I've already got my uh, brackets filled up. I got them all set. I got a pretty much – I might make a couple changes, but I'm I'm ahead of the game this year, Mike. I've uh, 
Already got my field of, what is it this year, 66, 68? 68, I forgot about that. Yeah, the field of 68, I already got it down. By the way, my surprise pick team out of the Horizon Conference, watch out for the Cleveland State, what is their nickname, the Rams? The, they're the Vikings, no, I the believe. Vikings. Yeah. Cleveland State is going to be my butler from last year. I can see it. They, they're they a pretty solid team, and they they play defense, and they're they're going to give teams who haven't seen them much fits. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I, that's a, look, that's a good pick. I, I like that All one. Right. All right, I got the stamp of approval from the young kid out here. Again, I might change my brackets, but I pretty much got it all figured out. It's uh, I'm not going to release my national championship just yet. I thought I'd – everybody else waits till mid-March. I thought I'd do mine Feb 1st. By the way, happy Feb 1st to you and yours. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's February yeah. already. It's a brand-new month, Mike. A chance as we head to a break here for new goals, new objectives, everything you plan to do in January that did not come through. Rip off that calendar, the month of February, staring you right smack in the face. New goals, new objectives, new dreams for you to live by until you rip up the February calendar 28 days from now and find out it wasn't much better than January. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Spring has sprung. The grass is riz. I wonder where the birdies is. We will take a quick break. David Olson, our producer, he is responsible for everything that is said on this show. I'm just reading a script. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and sitting in today michael moreau the pride and joy of uh, north shore country day the university of missouri worked a little bit for a uh, northwestern university in the fall but currently open for job applications if there's any females out there that would like to employ mike there are a number of opportunities available. Is there an email that you want to release, Mike, or should they just contact through the show? They they can contact through the show. You chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If they contact through the show, I'm the one who reads most of the emails, so um, you will not get all the good stuff. I <laughs> sift through the material and I edit, shall we say. You will, you'll receive some of it, not all of it. Some is better than none. Well, you know, fringe benefits. I, you know, I, as the director, I got to take off the top 10%. <laughs> you can uh, email if you would like at Mike, two guys at AOL.com, M I C and the number M I C, M I C number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Feel free to send us some emails. We'll read them over the air. Or if you're a female out there, even a male who's thinking of swinging the other way, uh, and interested in a Mike Moreau, give us a call. And again, uh, outside of the 10 or 20% that I skim off the top, we will send the rest of those requests to Mike. Much appreciated. Yeah. Now, the guy uh, named uh, Bruno that emailed in last time, let's just tell him right up front, that email will not get through. All right. Apparently, uh, he was interested, Mike, but I, I never even sent you that email. 
Uh, I'm much very appreciative yeah. of that. Actually, a nice guy, and he was offering to take you to a nice lunch spot. Maggiano's is not bad. Could have gotten the nice. Uh, you ever been to Maggiano's? Yeah, I've been to a couple. Awfully of them. good. They are they are very good, and I love awfully it. good, and I love Italian food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I highly recommend, by the way, the linguine flat noodle with the red clam sauce. I'll, I'll have to try it out the oh, next yeah. time I'm out there. And they actually put the clam, you know, the, the the clam shells with the fresh clam in the linguine and the sauce. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a pain because you got to dig the clams out of there. And you do have to be careful on behalf of the American Dental Association that you have cleared all the clamage out before you start pile, uh, stuffing the great food away. And believe me, Amagiano's, that red clam, I don't know what they put that in that sauce, but it's awfully good. But um, I have had a few dental situations where, you know, you're hungry, you want to start chowing down, and I forgot the clamshells are still in there. That, 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 that sounds pretty painful. I can't imagine that would go over very yeah, well. Yeah, my, uh, my dentist appreciated it. What was painful was the bill I got. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he's in cahoots with the guy at Maggiano's. But uh, that is outstanding. Michael Moreau and the coach again with you up until 11 o'clock, 888-463-6748. Mike, I know you're a big Chicago Bulls fan. NBA guy, your thoughts, all-star game if you got any. And uh, the Bulls, one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about what this Bulls team has been able to do. I have to say I'm a little shocked that they're playing this well without Noah, and it it makes me excited for what you know what could happen long term. I think they I don't think they're quite there yet this year to you know get to a champion make a championship run, but I definitely think this team is going to contend for the Eastern Conference championship. And who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe they will shock people and get to the get to the NBA title game. Exactly my thought, and I'll tell you why. I heard Gar Foreman, the general manager of the Bulls, being interviewed recently. I heard Bill Wennington, the radio announcer for the Chicago Bulls, ex-player. One other uh, Bulls-connected personality I can't remember. Now yourself, a, a, a basketball aficionado, I respect your knowledge of the game, all saying that realistically, this is even Gar Foreman, the general manager of the Bulls, realistically we're probably a year away from contending for the championship. And right away when I start hearing people say that much, my rebound thought off the backboard is, you know what, the Bulls are going to contend for the championship this year. You know the theory when you least expect it. Right. <laughs> no pressures on This might be the best year for them to do it. This is true. Because it was the same with those the young Bulls teams. When they they were expected to start co- competing for playoff spots, mm-hmm. you know the pressure. They never played well the first half of the season, and it took huge second half runs for them to qualify for the eighth spot. Like I think what two years ago they they had to get they they won the yep. last game to yep. get in, so. and then played well in the first series, right? Right, and so you're right. This could be the year when you least expect it that mm-hmm. they do compete for that title. It's interesting. They're, the way they're playing now, it's absolutely unbelievable. I think, what, third, fourth best record in all of the NBA. I mean, that's amazing. They got better record than Phil Jackson and uh, the Hollywood Lakers? I think the Lakers are something like a half game behind them. So it's they're, it's pretty much a tie I mean, that's, for right and now. That's pretty much amazing. Right. But the Lakers are a team that's been struggling. and Yeah. Team people are looking at them long term as saying mm-hmm. they're vulnerable yep. and they might need to make some moves. The Ron Artest friction is starting to uh, gain momentum, shall we say? Yeah, he, you know how it is. When he first comes to the team, everything's kind of cool. You work it out. You know, Ron's part of the team. 
But over time, history will tell you that he will start to rub coaches, players, and occasionally himself the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's a little like Terrell Owens in that, in that fact where Oof. in the beginning, mm-hmm. someone's like, hey, let's give him a chance. But like you said, over time, things mm-hmm. change and you kind of get annoyed. All right, taking on the Clippers on Wednesday. Uh, yes, David? Fourth best record in the entire NBA. Fourth? Better Fourth. than the Lakers, though. Better than the Lakers, yeah. San Antonio? San Antonio, Boston, Miami. Okay. By the way, the Miami Heat beat Cleveland yesterday, 117-90. to Mike Moreau, we got some listeners out in the Cleveland area. What can you as a part-time uh, psychologist and sociologist, they have now lost 21 games in a row to our Cleveland listeners. What would you say out there to make them feel better? Uh, I'd say close your eyes. <laughs> it's it's not a, it's not a pretty scene watching Cleveland Cavaliers basketball these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm shocked they were they've been so bad because coming into the season I thought in the Eastern Conference there were at least six six spots locked up for the playoffs. So that mean that 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 would leave two spots open, and I thought the Cavaliers would compete for one of those spots. Because the Eastern Conference really isn't that strong towards the bottom, so I thought they would compete for a playoff team, playoff spot. Mm-hmm. But I think some, I think that Cleveland, that first Cleveland Miami game, took a lot out of them because they just got thoroughly dominated and haven't really played well after that yeah. at all. That's the understatement of the year when you talk about a 21-game losing streak. You're right, the first eight. Ten games of the year, I think they had that adrenaline kick. Hey, we're more than just LeBron James. We can prove we're a good team. Nothing against LeBron, but, you know, these guys were all the second, third, fourth, fifth fiddle. And these guys all got egos, and they believe they're good players, and they are good players. And um, they wanted to prove what we can do. You know, now the ball's not in LeBron's hands all the time, so then the rest of us can score more. First eight, ten games, they were playing better. They were the kind of team you were talking about. Right. That fringe, that fringe playoff team that yeah. you thought might make it. Much the- more competitive than people thought, but then the adrenaline wore off, though, Mike, and reality set in, and suddenly J.J. Hickson was not the leading scorer that all of us thought he would be. No, and I thought it was funny. This is this kind of shows the mindset coming into the season for them when Mo Williams considered said he considered retiring because he wasn't he wasn't ready to lead a team yet. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't. He wasn't sure how to act with Mo LeBron Williams. Twenty six years old, twenty five, something like that. A pretty young guy when he said he considered quitting basketball. Mm-hmm. So that 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 shows their mindset coming into the season. They were scared, but then I think they did get that adrenaline rush, and then Cleveland beat them again, and Miami beat them, and they came, it's like they came back to reality and go, oh yeah, we are a bad team. Man. 21 in a row. I think the all-time NBA record is 24 in a row set by a Cleveland Cavalier team back in the early 1980s. Let's hope for their sake and our fine listeners in Cleveland that uh, somehow, some way they win a game. They were looking for some optimistic thoughts from you, Mike. I gave you the opportunity to lift up our listening audience in Cleveland, and all you gave us was a close your eyes. Yeah, it's it's not very good. I think that's the best advice I can give them. <laughs> okay. See no evil. <laughs> Right. Speak no evil, right? Maybe they can have, you know, Dan Gilbert write them a letter in Comic Sans again. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this real quick before we leave the NBA. You mentioned your Chicago Bulls, and I'll throw this out to our listeners out there as well. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. And again our email, Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. If the Bulls are one player away, maybe, 
from competing for the championship. Let's say somehow they get a uh, fairly high pick in the college draft. Of the games you've seen, the players you've seen so far, who might be the draft choice for the Bulls? I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. Yeah. Who might be the guy the Bulls could pick to get them there over the a, top? What they really need is a, a two-guard, and I don't know if there's a solid two-guard out there, but the guy I've really liked watching so far is is Josh Shelby out of Kansas. He's he's played really well for that team this year, but lately he's been he's been more of a point guard for them. But mm-hmm. if the Bulls could, you know, that that's that's a guy I could look at seeing doing very well in the Bulls, but you know, also putting a lot of pressure on a young rookie to come in and step up. But he is a see. I haven't seen Kansas play this year. He he's more he's more of a point guard. I okay. think he could play the two, but he probably would be an undersized two. Mm-hmm. Another guy I've looked at is. Kemba Walker, but he would Woo. he would definitely be a small two. He's I've read he's closer to five ten than yeah, six. You know one. what, Kemba Walker, you can one, two, three, four, whatever number he, that dude can score. Yeah, he, I don't care what number he is. He's got some unbelievable athleticism. He could put the ball in the bucket. Only problem is he will not be available. I would think to the Bulls in the draft. No, not at all. He's he kind of reminds me of Ben Gordon, a guy. Who may not play much defense, but can score pretty much from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So and he can get hot at a lot of times. So those are two guys. If you know, if the Bulls, you know, somehow picked high in the draft, that I would be interested in possibly seeing on the team. All right. Libertyville Lindsay emailing in two questions for Mike. One, uh, one is non-sports related. She says if Bruno doesn't take you to lunch at Maggiano's, interested in going with me. That's Lindsay in Libertyville. And two, why hasn't Mike mentioned my favorite player, Jimmer Fredette? I don't know which one you want to take first, but. Well, we'll go with Jimmer. Jimmer is a guy. (laughs) I don't know. Defensively, I don't know what he can do. Right. But he can't. He can score. And he's a guy I don't know. I think that's the only reason NBA scouts aren't high on him. Yep. Because defensively, but I mean, JJ Reddick's found the place in the NBA, and he was he was never one to guard anybody in college. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jimmer is there's there's a lot there's a, the comparison between JJ and Jimmer, and I think Jimmer is a lot more advanced in his game now than JJ was at the same time. And I think you know they could there's a role for him in the NBA somewhere. He could mm-hmm. be a good sixth or seventh man. Dude can shoot. You said we're looking for a shooting guard in uh, honor of Lindsey from Libertyville. I'll give her that. That dude can shoot and uh, from NBA range and then some. Also, the difference between him. I think J.J. Redick was every bit as good of an outside shooter as Jimmer Fredette. We tend to think right. that. No, I, I think the difference is, is that Jimmer can create his own shot. Yes. And that's where I, that's where I say he's more advanced yep. than J.J. is. Yep. Much, much stronger and quicker going to the basket. Right. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so we will see. But those are some of the guys you might look. Obviously, they can pick up a guy in free agency, too. But uh, just looking at the college draft, if there's a guy that can get us over the top, I'm sure when we watch some of the March Madness games, we'll pick out a few other players. There's always stars that um, rise to the top come pressure games. Right, and I was looking at, you know, if you've ever been on ESPN.com, Chad Ford does the – the mock lottery thing. You, I you only can... went on ESPN.com once, and I think that was uh, the Australian Women's World Weightlifting. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you want to check that out, 
The rules are different in Australia. That's all I can tell you. So no, I didn't see that. It's uh, they do a little mock lottery thing where you can, you know, kind of they they have all sorts of odds. It's like a machine, and you click on a button. Lottery or draft? Well, well, it's, well, the draft. Well, where the lottery teams will pick. Like right now, they have the teams. <laughs> Have the teams not in the playoffs, and then there's some excitement for you. Not not the mock draft, but it's a mock lottery pick. Well, they also have you know what you know after they get it gets set, it oh, okay. says what what player the team would pick. Okay. And I read a lot of it, and a lot of it it's kind of funny how how far potential gets a lot of players because I read a lot of it, and it says, oh, there you know he hasn't quite played up to his potential this year, but. NBA people are hoping he can find it yeah. at, at such point. If Joel were here, I think Joel's famous quote is, uh, potential is a French word. It means uh, doesn't mean a damn thing. It means it, it means a lot of money to these guys. So mm-hmm. I would love to have potential to make millions of dollars and potentially well, never live up to that. I can <laughs> tell you from having uh, worked with you uh, probably half a dozen times, Mike, you definitely have the potential uh, no question about it. You are a rising young star. It's a matter of time. But you, before you'll be making the big bucks, and my guess is when that happens, you won't even recognize me when I see you. Yeah. Hey, Mike, <laughs> Coach, remember me? We used to do the show together, huh? What? <laughs> I'll I'll let you live in my guest house. Thank you. I appreciate that. Is that attached or unattached? It'll be unattached. I figured. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Uh, talk a little Bulls, talk a little college basketball real quick. Mike, I do want to remind everybody out there as we prepare for Super Bowl 40 down in beautiful Dallas, 14 days, 14 days till pitchers and catchers report. Pitchers and catchers report. Pitchers and catchers report. Any thoughts in your beloved White Sox, by the way? Yesterday, signing my, I don't think he's the best player in Chicago. If I could pick one guy to watch, he's my favorite player to watch in Chicago baseball right now. Alexi Ramirez, the Cuban Missile, signs four years, $34.5 million. The Sox are hooked into to Alexi Ramirez. Yeah, if he if he keeps up at it, I think they're going to have a potential potential bargain there for for a guy who is exciting, like you said, as exciting as he is and fun to watch. He produces. So four years, 11, 11 point. Three, four, you said? Or well, four years, 34.5. 34.5, yeah. Not that's, bad. Yeah, it's kind of a bargain, I think. So, well, you know, if, you know, four years he doesn't produce, mm-hmm. it could not, you know, it won't hurt him that much, but. Eight million dollars a year, that's a bargain. I, well. Okay. I, you know. In just, rel- relative terms. Yes. To, to what yeah. is contracts are being given out in the, in the Major League Baseball right now, that's, that's a bargain. So when Jason Worth gets twenty six or twenty two million a year, that eight million dollars is a bargain. Yep, scary how much money being thrown around. But we'll be talking baseball sooner than later, folks. Fourteen days till they start teeing up different teams. I think at different points, the White Sox, I think, are starting theirs in seventeen days. If I were the Cubs, I think I would like maybe take the first two months off, try something different, because clearly spring training and the trip to Arizona. Has not worked for them, Mike. No. So I, maybe give the kids an extra month and a half off. Let them show up like three days before the first game. Mike Quade could run a little, you know, bring some fitness instructors in. Jack Lalonde passed away, so he's not available anymore. But uh, we get the latest guy out there and something different. Hasn't worked for a hundred years. What do you got to lose? Right. But I think I think it's a team that will that you know will surprise some people because. 
they have the they have the guys there that can produce, and if the guys play up to where they should, they can compete for the division this year. Mm-hmm. Now, how far they would get in the playoffs is a different question because the play they haven't won a playoff game in a very long yeah. time. So, yeah, but we know once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Green Bay Packers, exactly. the latest of many, many, many examples, right? Right. All you got to do is you get there, and then the hot team wins at that point. Pretty much. Like, a division titles, wild card, really doesn't mean much except whether you get a home game or not. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the hot team will win it. Basically, it's just like win and get in. And, and like in hockey, that's how it's always been. Just basically just find a way to get in, and mm-hmm. anything can happen. Yeah, and the home field advantage, I always thought, home ice, home court, whatever it might be, a little bit overrated because everybody talks about you play all season for the home court advantage. Then the first or second game, the team loses, which happens a lot, and there goes the home court advantage or home ice advantage. So I think that's a little bit overrated. Yeah, in some in some cases it is, but I would say for the most part I agree with, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, also, we did not mention in our obituaries of the day a couple of days ago, I just pronounced his name Jack Lalanne. Is it Lalane or Lalanne, the great I always said it was Lalane. Lalane. Lalane, yeah. Interesting. Great, famous. He was really the first guy who brought exercise to some level of popularity. Is that going too far to say? Uh, him and Charles Atlas was the other guy. That's right. But Charles. yeah, but yeah, he was he was the Lalane was basically the first fitness guru. Uh-huh. Showman. Absolutely. Showman. Absolutely. You think 96? Yeah, he was he was like 94, he, 95, 96. He was there. into his 90s, yeah. He kept saying I can't die cuz it'll ruin my reputation. <laughs> yeah. Now Charles Atlas, so why am I picturing like the comic books, Charles. Yeah, well, the, yeah, because Charles Atlas would advertise that he was the the kick the, sand the, in your face, right? Sand in the face, and then go to Charles Atlas. All right, program so I'm putting and, up, but what's confusing me is I'm picturing the comic book story there. But was there a real Charles Atlas? I believe there was. Interesting. That's it's a new name to me. I've I've never heard That's that a new, name Okay, before. I was going to ask you as a member of the young generation. Okay. Yeah. But you I, are familiar with the Jack Lalanne. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that name before. Okay. I'll, I'll have to do my research on Charles. Mm-hmm. Tra- Charles. Now Atlas. he's not to be. The, who was the guy in the Academy Awards, Dave? Who older guy? That was Jack. That was Jack Palance. Palance. Palance or Palance? Palance. <laughs> and there was a Charles Atlas. An actual Charles. There was an actual okay, Charles what, Atlas. What the yeah. hell did he do besides hold up the globe? Well, no, he was he, he dubbed the world's perfect, most perfectly developed man. Okay. Oh, just okay. like Mark Pryor had the most perfect form ever. Tremendous. Well, no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like looking at pictures of Atlas here from the 40s, and yeah. I mean, he's yeah huge. Okay. Those yeah, the... you don't see guy, you don't see guys like that from that era because mm-hmm. they they weren't there. And that was pre. I don't even think I knew what steroids was back then. Couldn't take them because they weren't invented. At least we think. Yeah, we never know. Who knows? Maybe Jack LaLay, maybe Richard Simmons was doing uh, steroids. <laughs> it's possible. I love that guy. That dude took exercise to another level. Uh, all right, we digress, and that's um, quite often what we do on this show, Mike, as you're well aware. 888-463-6748, the phone number, double, my, double M. Mike Moreau and the coach with you. We should bet you, by the way, you're a Cub fan, Mr. Cub. Yes. Ernie Banks turned the uh, sprightly age of 80. I don't know if you watched any of the birthday celebration, but it was no. Cool. But I, but I heard I heard he took a little bit of a fall at yeah. a little bit of a fall recently. 
I don't know what quite exactly what happened, but I heard it was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And when you're 80 years old, a fall can be uh, pretty significant. Right. Because the, the bones tend to be a little bit brittle at that time. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy to hear that he's okay because mm-hmm. I was kind of nervous when I heard that yep. he did take a fall. Yeah, but, good old know. Mr. Cub. I saw Mr. Cub at a um, charitable function about six, seven months ago, and I don't know if that was daughter, wife, or girlfriend with him, but uh, he was with a very attractive young lady. Yeah. Wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised with Ernie Banks. Mm-hmm. I walked in with my wife, and he, Ernie's still got it. He's pretty smooth. He goes, uh, nice to meet you, young man. Nice to meet you. And your daughter also. <laughs> you know, trying to smooth it out with the wife a little bit. Ernie's got it going. Uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty smooth. Yeah, and still. I could, I could take some tips from him. Yeah, you probably could. You probably go either that or Libertyville Lindsay or a guy named Bruno who still wants to take you to lunch. He says if you don't like Maggiano's, he's uh, flexible. No, thank you, Bruno. I'm all thank right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Remember, he's flexible. <laughs> all right. Uh, 888-463-674. Michael, any other uh, baseball notes? I keep forgetting. You a Sox guy, Cubs guy, or? I'm a big Cubs guy. Okay. Yeah. So I- I'm excited for the season, but I'm also... No, trying not to jump in with both feet yet. This could be our year. (laughs) (laughs) Our year for... Uh, This could be our year to win it all. For losing another division? Uh, This could be our year to win it all. By the way, I'm looking at a picture of Clay Matthews up on the uh, screen. We should mention the National Football League uh, named their Defensive Player of the Year last year. uh, For this past season, Troy Palomalo wins the award. I think he got 17 votes. It was pretty close. Yeah, I think he I think he won by two votes. Yeah, I heard. Second place was Clay Matthews. Right. Okay. It's I I think it's a I think it's a legit vote. It just shows basically the award shows the impact the player has on the game. Mm-hmm. And Palomalu changes games. He's won, I think I want to say at least three games for the Steelers by himself this year. Seven interceptions, 60-some-odd tackles. The stats don't t- tell it all. Charles Woodson, last year's uh, Defensive Player of the Year, but Troy Palomalu for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Clay Matthews came in second. Right. Uh, so I guess it was a good year for defensive players with long, flowing hair, <laughs> be it brown or blonde. Uh, Brian Urlacher, I think, was fifth. Julius Peppers, fourth. So Bears had the fourth and fifth there. Not too bad. Third place was... I don't know who third place Another member was. of the Steeler. Oh, is it Harris? James Harris. Yeah. Well, he put a couple. Like, was it was it Farrier or Harris that just just put a couple of tackles on oh, it against was, the Jets that you could hear in your living room? I want to say it was Harrison. Oh, yeah. goodness. He's a he's a violent football player. Yeah. Hey, you know he's he's big, but he's not overly big. It's no, just the way he he's hits. A, he's I believe he's. I believe he's my height. I believe he's about six foot, but yeah. a lot wider and bigger than I will ever be. But, you know, it's almost like, well, we mentioned a guy like Alexi Ramirez, who you look at him, and he's as thin as can be, right? One right. of the skinniest players in Major League Baseball. But if you've watched Alexi Ramirez play, and I'm just using him as an example, he can jack that ball into the park. He's got amazing power. So it's more timing. It's more technique, and I would use that same example in football with James Harris. It's not that he's the fastest guy or the biggest guy or the strongest guy. It's the technique. It's the timing. It's the will. It's everything put together. Boy, he puts some hits on that uh, makes you very happy. You're watching the game in the living room and aren't the running back. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And he's 
he's one of those guys that's not been afraid of that new rule where they fine you for big hits. He plays. He just plays football. He's going to mm-hmm. go out there and he's going to hit you in the face yeah. and make sure you like the hit. Mm-hmm. I'm all for the rules committee, people. Uh, by the way, I'm on their side. No, I I'm completely okay with keeping the players safe, but you know it it all seems to go towards the offensive side, and you know it almost seems a little one sided, and the defensive well, players are the one that take the hit. Here's the angle I'm going to go with, and again, fans, you want to check in? Uh, well, not a whole lot of time. Real quick. Um, what, what, you know, some people, ooh, and ah, what a hit. Receiver goes up for the ball and some defensive back comes from the blind side and just drills the guy. Knocks the football loose. Oh, what a hit. Big play. The announcers will say it. All right, it was a big play. You knocked the football loose. That doesn't impress me that much. That's a wide receiver up in the air or even if his feet are on the ground who can't see you. What impresses me, Mike, is when there's a running back and you square up to him and he's got you in your vision and you lay into him, he tries to bowl you over, and you just hit him hard and smack him or put him back. Or a lineman who just drills, uh, you know, like an uh, offensive blocker, who just drills a defensive player back. Those are the kind of hits that impress me, not the blind side where a player can't even see. And those are the ones where the player gets hurt as well. Right, and I completely agree with you uh, with players like going head-to-head with each other, and one of them, one of them wins because, you know, it's will against will who's gonna who wants it more. Mm-hmm. All right, Michael, we got to wrap up the show. We got your lunch at Maggiano's with one of our listeners, I think, and uh, we do thank you for stepping. Call in Friday, okay? Uh, yeah, I will do my best to. For a little soup. What do you mean, do your best? What are you, social engagements? <laughs> Talkzone.com, two guys at a mic. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy shoveling. We probably won't be in tomorrow, probably a replay show. Have a great day.